Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about You Talk, I Listen. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles. As always, we have a very informative show for you today. I want to start out with a quote of the day, and it comes from a fellow by the name of Robert Frost. He says, in three words, I have summed up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. I think that's tremendous. Let's look here at Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 13. This is going to be our launching pad today as we talk about some things regarding marriage. Last episode, I talked about resolving marital conflict. So I thought I would stay in this same mode, this same vein today to empower marital couples. As I realized that a lot of couples in marriage today, they need to be encouraged and they need to be empowered to do some things that they should do. Let's stay together. Proverbs 18, verse number 13. Notice what it says. To answer before listening That is folly and shame. I'm going to read that again. I think that's worth reading. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. I think you know as well as I do, especially when we're going to talk about just briefly here about you talk, I listen. We know that we can talk, 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 talk. A lot of people can talk, communicate, articulate, enunciate give attitude, give expression about things that they like, about things that they dislike, about things that they want to change. When we look at our world, we see people are always communicating, speaking, all kinds of things. But we rarely hear people who will listen. We rarely hear people who have the skill for listening who really devote time and attention to listening. And I do believe if we're going to have a successful anything, but especially marriage, we have to have not just the husband, not just the wife, but both really understand the power of listening. And that's why I titled this show, You Talk, I Listen, because that's what needs to happen when a spouse is talking. Somebody's got to talk, obviously, but then somebody has to listen and then vice versa. Then give your other spouse, your wife or husband, whoever it is, give them an opportunity to talk and then you listen. Because the scripture does say to answer before listening, that is folly and that is shame. And it really is. And so we got to become perfected in this. We got to become better in it. We really need to have a heart for listening. I love when I can speak to my spouse and she can look at me and she can listen and vice versa. She's taught me how to listen instead of just coming up with something, you know, just maybe try to appease or try to help because most husbands generally, we want to help. We don't really 
do well all the time at listening. But many times my wife has really taught me and helped me to understand that I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to listen. And so I had to become better and better and better. And thankfully, I've grown in that area. But the reality is, is that many times we just don't listen like we should. So in this episode, I want to do a few things as I articulate myself to you. I have about eight things that I want to share, and this is going to help you in your communication skills that will increase your intimacy. In other words, your closeness to your spouse, because what we don't want is that you have not figured out how to listen. And so you guys are growing further apart. We want you to come closer together. And I do believe that this one thing about listening is really going to help you. It's going to be a brief show today, but I want you to consider these eight things. And then I want you to do them. Maybe you don't agree with all eight. Maybe you will just agree with two or three or four. Whatever you agree with, I want you to begin to implement it into your relationship. Here's point number one. Look for the good in your partner and give him or her a compliment. That's one of the things I want you to do. I want you to look for the good in your partner and give him or her a compliment. Now, remember, when we talk about you talk, I listen. As we are listening to our spouse, we ought to be able to connect our heart with theirs and find out what it is that they are going through. And through us listening, we will come up with some things that we need to do better on both sides. And I think this is important because many times we don't give one another a compliment, but we should because the reality is your spouse wants to look good for you. They want to please you. They want to know that you care. They want to know that you love them. Your opinion matters to them. And so we have to make sure that we do our due diligence to give those compliments. As a matter of fact, we should not dress up. We should not go out to appease other people or to please other people. Those things, first of all, should be pleasing to our spouses. So we have to make sure every day that we give them a compliment. And sometimes those compliments got nothing to do with maybe the clothes that they have on. Maybe it's something they said to you. As a matter of fact, I told my wife something yesterday as we were on our way somewhere. I said, man, that was brilliant what you said uh, to our son. We were trying to come up with something to help him or he asked for our help. And we were both trying to put our heads together to come up with something. And she did. And I thought it was brilliant. And I told her, I gave her a compliment. I said, man, that was really intelligent what you said how you articulated it, how you came up with it. It was brilliant. I wanted to give her a compliment. Why? Because I think it, what it does, it helps her to understand. And it even helps me to understand that, wow, who you chose is intelligent. Who you chose is really your help meet. When we really put our time in and complimenting one another, man, you're talking about the closeness and the intimacy that can happen between husband and wife. It's just outstanding. And so I want you to consider that. Point number two, praise your partner as much as possible. So if you always complaining, remember people shut down their ear to complain. You don't like to hear people complaining about you, complaining about what you do, complaining about what you don't do, complaining about everything that they see 
about your life. You're going to immediately find another friend. You're going to find another job. No one wants to be connected to a source that is always complaining about the things that they do or who they are. You gave your best effort. You did the best that you could. And then somebody is always tearing it down, picking it apart. You wouldn't like that. Your spouse doesn't like that. So as you talk, I listen. Let's listen for certain things and then let's respond in order. And again, we must use our mouths to build. We must use our talk to encourage. We must use our listening to build certain mechanics within ourselves and make our own self aware of the fact that maybe I'm not doing this like I should. So praise your partner. Wow, that was great, honey. Wow, that was awesome. That was spectacular what you said. That really helped me. It really encourage me. I can now move with some wisdom. I can now move with some knowledge. I can now get up and try it again. Let's use our words to build. So praise your partner as much as you can, especially if you always using your words to be negative or condescending, because sometimes we are not aware of the things that we are saying out of our mouths. Point number three, Take time to listen to each other. And that may sound redundant in light of what I've said in my first two points. But again, once we talk so much, we talk all the time. I don't even have the stats, the data, the number, the statistics in terms of how many words we use a day. But we got two ears and we got one mouth, which means we should be listening twice as much as we are talking. So I want you to do yourself a favor, both male and female, husband and wife. I want you to do yourself a favor. I want you to take time to listen. Think about that. I want you to take some time and listen to your spouse. Listen to them intently. Listen to the heart of what they're saying. Sometimes when we are having a communication, we're having a spirited conversation, my wife and I, we try not to take things personal. We are trying to listen. I'm gauging, trying to understand. When I was younger, In my marriage and just younger in life, I really didn't do well at that. I was trying to give a comeback. I wasn't really trying to listen. But the reality is after we grow and after we mature, I see now I listen to understand. I'm doing that across the board, not just in my marriage, but even in my ministry as I'm talking to my members or people who are coming to me for counseling or mentorship or whatever. I take time to just sit there and listen. So I'll say what's on your heart. And it really helps me to lock into them. Not what I'm trying to do, but what it is that they want to say. Because again, people today don't feel like they are being heard and they don't feel like they are being valued. And the last person we want to feel that way is our spouse. We want them to feel valued. We want them to know that you can come to me and I will listen to you for as long as it takes. So this is the operative word here, this point number three, 
take some time. That means that if you know that you cannot truly put your time forth in a particular conversation, tell your spouse, can we talk about this in an hour? Can we talk about this in 20 minutes? Because I want to take some time and respect the things that are coming out of your mouth. I'm telling you, man, your husband, your wife, they will love you for that, especially if you've never said it. Because again, what that says to them is that they are valued. People want to be valued. Trust me, you want to be valued. I want to be valued. The man across the street want to be valued. But we have to learn how to take time and value one another in these exchanges that we are having. Point number four, and I kind of alluded to this in point number three, but point number four is listen to understand, not to judge. That is so key. Listen to understand. Like I said, when I was younger, I wouldn't really listen. I was listening to give a comeback because I was offended or I was upset or I thought somebody was picking on me. So I really wasn't listening. I was just going to listen a little bit enough to just get my point across and just keep on going. But that's immature. We have to grow up and say, you know what? I got to listen to understand. And you got to disarm your feelings. You got to tell your feelings how to feel. So even when you're not talking to your spouse, maybe you're talking to your kids, maybe you're talking to coworkers. If things are going to get resolved, you got to take some time and say, you know what? I'm going to take my feelings out of this. I'm going to take myself out of this. I'm not going to get all upset and all uptight and all this stuff. I'm going to listen to understand and not judge. It's amazing that once you really control your feelings, once you take yourself out of the equation, it's amazing how your mind, your brain can open up. I think when you are upset, you shut down one part of your brain. It doesn't have the ability to think, doesn't have the ability to reason. This is why I tell people don't make decisions when you upset because you shut down a part of your brain. You need all of your brain, all of your mind to be able to come up with certain things to get an understanding when people are talking to you. So listen to understand, not to judge. So we're not judging our spouses for what they said or even how they said it. Because when people are upset, they're not going to say stuff the way that you want them to. You don't do that. So make sure that when we are giving grace to people, we are extending grace, that we want that same grace in return. Point number five, use active listening, which involves summarizing your partner's comments before you share your reactions or feelings. My wife and I did learn this in counseling, that when we are listening, it's just not listening, but it is active listening. So we want to give a summary. In other words, did you say this? Did you say that? Is this what you meant? Or is that what you were trying to say? And there are times when I'm trying to articulate that I am saying certain things, but it didn't come across that way. So then you are able to go back and say, no, no, no. What I am trying to say is this. What I am trying to say is that when we remove our feelings out of the situation, we can articulate ourselves better. And again, the operative word here is active listening. We want to be active with it. So we don't want to be misunderstood. 
because we live in a world where people are misunderstood, maybe because they're upset and they can't really articulate themselves. But I do believe that this principle here, that this tool that I'm trying to give you is really going to help you. And you may feel like it's juvenile. You may feel like, wow, I got to repeat myself because maybe the first time you said it, you didn't say it the right way or it was taken out of context. And I think expert listeners and communicators make sure that they incorporate this when they are really in a place where they're trying to help people to understand what they are saying. So when you and your spouse are talking, take a moment and say, okay, I heard what you said. Let me repeat back to you what I think you said or what I heard you said, and then give them an opportunity to say, yes, you got it. And then you can continue on in that conversation. Because at the end of the day, we want our hearts to be mended. At the end of the day, we want a solution to the problem. At the end of the day, we want to be peacemakers. If I'm living in close quarters as we are with our spouse, we want to be happy together. We want to be able to know that we can communicate about anything, about any subject. And maybe you can't right now because maybe you don't know how, but this key here will help you to do that. Point number six, be assertive. Watch this. Share your feelings by using I statements. For example, I feel like this or I feel like that. Here's one. Or I think this or I think that. We want to be assertive. People in marriage generally are not assertive. They're very laissez-faire. They have this passive-aggressive mentality. And that's what the enemy wants us to have, to be passive-aggressive. Tell other people, but don't tell your spouse. No, we need to use these I statements. Honey, I feel like this, or I feel like that, or I'm thinking this, or I'm thinking that. You got to be aggressive. Put yourself in that situation since you have the issue or the problem or you're trying to get something resolved. If you don't put it out there, it'll never be fixed. It's amazing how people don't do this. How is something going to get fixed in any situation and you don't talk about it? You may be waiting for them to talk about it. No, if it's on your heart, you need to communicate. No one knows what's on your heart but you and God. And even if God knows what's on your heart, he even says in this word, ask. How can you get anything fixed or resolved if you will not ask, if you will not communicate? So be assertive. Point number seven, when issues arise, avoid blaming each other and just seek a solution. Remember, y'all a team, you and your spouse, y'all a team. So just like basketball, just like any sport, we trying to win. The last thing in the world that any sports player wants to do is have teammates turn on one another. You don't want mutiny in the locker room. You don't want mutiny on the court, on the field of play, because your opponent is like, this is what we wanted. We wanted them to turn on each other. Now it's happened. Now let's go in for the kill. No, what you want, and this is very basic, but I'm telling you, when problems happen, the enemy will use any little thing so y'all can turn on each other and destroy one another. A house divided against itself can never stand. So when issues arise, because they will, when they do, don't blame one another. 
And you got to really be mature in this. Maybe it was their fault. There were things I did in my marriage. It was my fault. You got to own it. You got to say, hey, it was me, but let's work on a solution. Remember now, we're giving grace with this because we want grace in return because we know we're going to mess up. We give forgiveness because we know we're going to need it. Because we know we're going to do something that's going to require our spouses to forgive us. And so we got to learn how to work together and not blame each other. All right, this is what happened. All right, give your spouse the opportunity to express themselves. You listen. They talk. You listen. You understand? And then we can come up with a solution to the problem so that we can continue on. And now we've given the enemy a black eye. We've run the enemy out of our house, out of our marriage, out of our minds. And now we're able to walk in peace, love, and harmony. And if we really learn how to practice this, we got to practice the practicing. Remember, I've said on these episodes, if you go back and listen to some of my episodes, I've said over the years that we've got to, as Christians, practice the practicing. Christians don't practice their faith like they should. We talk about it. We try to declare and decree things, but we don't practice. In other words, we don't put it into play. We don't put things where they're supposed to be so we can see these things working. So I want you to begin to do this. And lastly, point number eight, give your relationship the same priority and attention you gave it when you were dating. So when we talk about you talk, I listen. This is something that is so key. Because again, we want to bring things closer. We want to get closer to our spouse. So give your relationship the same priority. It's amazing how people in the dating game and they talk all hours of the night because they're trying to get to know their significant other or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. But then I get it. When life happens, you get married, y'all living together, you don't go out on date nights, all this other stuff. I've been there. I've been guilty of it. But you got to get back to center and remember that whatever it took for you to get her or him, however y'all came together, keep that flowing. Keep that going. Make it a priority priority. Circle dates on calendars because when kids come, they take up a lot of your time, a lot of your attention. But remember, kids grow up and they move out the house. And so here y'all are empty nesters about to be. And now y'all like what we going to do because we didn't do much when the kids were smaller. So we got to make sure that we're doing these things and allow your spouse to talk to you about it. And you listen. And on the other side of the fence, this is easy, but I want you to begin to do it. Take these eight things that I've given you today. Pray about it. Consider it. Put it in your toolbox. Put it in your marriage today. Do it. It'll bless your life. It will encourage yourself. It'll build you up and it will encourage your partner as well. That is my prayer. But that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that these eight things that I've given you is going to give you a boost in your marriage relationship. If so, if this really blessed you, hit me up on email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. Let your boy know that this helped you today. I will respond to whatever your inquiries are. And I got a website. Go to thomasadeloach.com. This is the first time that you've ever listened to me. I greet you again, welcome you, thank
thank you. Share this podcast with someone. I hope I got a new listener today through this efforts that I'm doing in terms of just empowering people in the word of God. Listen, if you want to give to the show, you say, hey, man, I really like what this brother's putting down. You want to help me to create more content because it does cost on the back end to put this together and people that I have to pay to make sure the sound is right. I want to make sure that you're having the best listening experience possible. So if you want to give to this show, any dollar amount that you give helps me to continue to create content. Go back to that website at thomasadeloach.com. I have ways on there that you can be a blessing to this episode and to this podcast. Listen, I'm praying for you as always, believing God's best for you. Go and be great today and remember to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.